When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My football team's got me drinking. My football team's got me drinking. Give me beer, whiskey, wine, or gin. Anything to shake this but I'm in. My football team's got me drinking. Back at it again with another episode of the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. So close. So close. Sporting Kansas City comes to a back-to-back win. Robert Russert, David Greenwald, and Mike Kuhn. I cornered him today. I was like, a post-game pod. We know we're going to be watching. I know he's going to be watching. I cornered you and got you on the show for the first time in ages. Mike's done it. Mike's done it. Mike's done it. Had, had, to, had to watch the first half at a soccer camp, but I got <laughs> home in time for the second. So we're good. Always, always running around doing the dad life. Always. But the dedication is real. For anyone that doesn't know at this point somehow, Mike Kuhn, he has the, I'm calling it the Bible of Sporting Kansas City statistics, more so than the team's uh, um, historical annals of information there. Mike's Mike's uh, just got it all down pat from the beginning of time, and the team asks him for stuff. And uh, so, yeah, he's our, he's our go-to, and I can never get him on this show, but I'm very excited about this. That's not a build-up for a mic stand. I don't know what is. No, it, it absolutely is not. I'm, I'm going to be disappointing people tonight, I think. Okay, no mic stat. No mic stat today. That's fine. Uh, but so I, you know, the conversation was getting going here, so I just hit record. We were on the, uh, should that have been a, a yellow card? Yes. Or a second yellow and a uh, and a red card there. Yes, I absolutely agree. I was screaming for one very quickly. I Well, to expand further, the foul on... Her, it was Hernandez, right? That got fouled because in the broadcast they were saying it was Pierre, but 
for it was Fernandez that got fouled. I wasn't missing that, right? I believe no. Caden Caden got chopped down. The, okay, what should have been a, got... yeah, what should have been a second yellow was Caden getting chopped down. Okay, so Caden got chopped down by uh, by Reynoso, who uh, whose first yellow was just plain stupidity on his part because you mm. see him slow down before he puts the ball into the corner and then claims he never heard the whistle. So, but no, I thought I thought it was a second yellow. I wasn't surprised that it wasn't. I the way the referee had been calling the game, I wasn't surprised it wasn't a yellow, but. In my mind, other days that absolutely is going to be a second yellow. Also, there. And if it wouldn't have been the second yellow, he would have given him the first yellow. I think. Which gets into the age-old argument of it's if it's the yellow, it's the yellow, whether it's the first or the second. I know. I go. That's one of those things I go back and forth on, just depending on what suits me in a game. So anyway, uh, this is another another example of. And, and actually, I'm just going to sum up my my Sporting Kansas City analysis for you right now. Just the entire season in one, in one sentence here. Sporting Kansas City looks really good until they don't. Every game, they look fine. They're in it. They're right there. And then just something ridiculous happens. Someone just forgets they're playing soccer and they forget marking someone. Or a ball bangs off the back of a keeper and into the net. Just, I don't understand how this how this happens. Like, I had, I had someone text me like, oh, Issy looks good, looks better today. It's like, well, I don't know. I think he always looks good until the one moment that he forgets something and, and a goal gets scored. Am I wrong about that? Do you guys feel the same way? Cody Bradley, I, you know, I, I see what you're saying, but I'm going to have to argue with every game. That's the phrase I have to argue with. Well, that <laughs> is my, that strong every game, but that there is are a number my statistical of games, analysis. Yes. <laughs> that is it. I'm analyzing. That's the extent of my statistical analysis. Yeah. Cody, we give up the exact same goal every single game. Yeah. Boom. You hear that, Robert? Every single game. You lob a ball <laughs> in over Izzy's head. Izzy doesn't jump. Ball goes in the net. Aaron Long did it. Uh, Mike is the stats guy. He can tell you more. I think it's like three or four games in a row where a ball over is he's just not watching. He's not, he doesn't even jump. To be fair, that wasn't tonight's goal though. Tonight was, was uh, even more ridiculous. Yes. Tonight was even more ridiculous, but it was a little ball over, over uh, Pierre. I think it was to uh, Lawrence who barely kept it in. um, And then, Fontas, I'm not sure what type of clearance that attempt that was by Fontas, but it was not a pretty attempted clearance. No, I don't even a, think it actually made it off the ground before it hit the back of uh, Pulse Camp and went. Yeah, it was a bit sheepish. Like he, he had a look on his face, like it didn't look confident when he did it. But still, a fluke thing against the run of play. Uh, I, yeah, that just I I couldn't understand what happened there. It just it just didn't seem fair. It seems like the soccer gods were just beating us down this year. Yeah, well, and let's you you mentioned something that I wanted to talk about to back to against the run of play. That first half was arguably the best half of soccer sporting has played against a non USL one team all season. <laughs> nice um, distinction there. Well, yeah. I mean, let, let's face it, Omaha, while well, as much fun as it Omaha's a lower division team sporting should have done that but the uh the the way the team looked for 95 percent of that first half was the best i've seen them play 
arguably all season. Right. I, I agree. And I'll dig my toes in on the, on the Peter Vermees argument here. And I know I'm just going to get labeled like a, a fanboy or, you know, towing the party line, whatever, but yes, I, I think it's, it's, it's amazing. Someone deserves some credit somewhere for putting a team together that I'm going to call it like a ragtag group. And they were looking very dangerous and creative and, and kind of flashy there for moments. Like I, I, I think that that's really impressive that this team has uh, at this, you know, I know that at this point in the season that they're, they're still finding that. Yeah. Cool. If you saw my poorly worded tweet, I think John East, Shallowy and Duke created more creativity and open play in the first 11 minutes than we had in number of games previously so yeah i totally agree yeah i agree I mean, too and and my thing with duke like yeah he was involved in some of that but it's still he's just not quite there yet like one of one of those i don't know if it was a shot it was a, if it was a cross a shot it looked terrible but it just you know beyond it just not looking good it looked to me like a little bit in over your head to, 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 forgive, to for. forgive Duke on that a little bit. I don't think he thought the ball would fully get across to him. I thought the Minnesota, yeah. I think he thought the Minnesota defender was going to get a touch on it. And when it didn't, he's like, he deer in headlights. Oh crap. I need to, I need to get a hit on this and just went off the side of his foot, but yeah, no the, deer in the headlights. That's, that's yeah. good. Yeah. The, but no, the front three tonight, the, the fluidity, of how much it, it I mean I know it won't happen but I'm not sure Shelton should start another game this season if you can get that level of fluidity from those three or add Russell to it and get because the thing with Shelton at the nine it was in this season it's been incredibly static with him in the middle he he like we've seen in the past he's not a bad winger Hell, look at the look at the Montreal game. The second the the winning goal came from him playing down the wing. So he's not horrible as a winger, but when he plays the nine a lot, he's very static in the middle. And what we saw tonight was Jonis was in the middle. Jonis swerved into the middle. Duke swerved into the middle. Shallowy stayed in the middle. You had a lot of fluidity and movement across the front three, and that caused a lot of issues for the Minnesota back line and created a lot of chances for, for sporting going forward. Yeah, it, it definitely did. And you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I'm sure plenty of people heard you say, I'm not sure uh, Kyrie should start or play another game this year. And I think a lot of people were probably applauding that. Like we knew that a long time ago, but I think it's a good point to bring up because, you know, you mentioned the fluidity and I think, the reason he would have been starting and the reason he is holding on to playing time there uh, in Vermees's eyes is going to be because of that. He, you know, he knows the system, he knows the role. And, and as long as Vermees was seeing things like that, that were working and made the system work, he was going to roll with Kyrie. And but were they and working? Been, well, no, well, they weren't, really no they, working. Weren't. they weren't, but, but now I'm saying like, and now we have seen it work without him in another way. And so, yeah, I, I think, this might be, you know, whenever the games start picking up again, we'll still see Kyrie. But, but yeah, this was, uh, you know, Johnny's stamped himself in the lineup, I think. Well, one of the things that earned Kyrie all of his playing time, one of the reasons we got Polito was the ability for them to drag defenders out of position. Polito can mm -hmm. get the ball, you know, in the midfield and carry it forward and it drags a center back with him. 
And a couple of years ago, when we're setting goal records, you know, Kyrie was able to drag defenders with him, which opened up space for uh, Daniel and Johnny to cut inside. That hasn't happened this year. Defenders are staying home. They know Kyrie's not really a threat. Why bother chasing him? And what we saw tonight, that fluidity up front, it started to create space again. And guys were able to make interesting runs, you know, the the give and goes, and even some of the stuff that didn't come off because um, they weren't necessarily in sync. You could see, though, you know, a little bit more time together with that front three and some really cool stuff could have happened. Well, you, you actually said something interesting, and I'm actually trying oh, to scroll back. Well, I'm trying to scroll back through my old because uh, yeah. I saw something on my time hop today, and I think it was during the during Shallowy's, uh season from hell, basically. And one of the comments I had made on it was <clears throat> how much more successful Shallowy was when Shelton was playing center forward. Mm. And looking at that tweet now, it's like you, you can't see, you don't see it, but. Then you think about at the time when Shelton was actually able to draw the defenders with him, how much more successful Shallowy was with those with those cutting runs, which goes back to the point I made about how static it seems like Shelton is now in the nine position this year compared to other years. He he's not he he's not drawing the defenders out to create that space in behind. The the space is coming from Russell or Shallowy taking defenders on the wing 1v1 basically and beating them like like the goal tonight basically so it's it it it's the way Shelton's playing this year compared to last to compared to prior times when he's been at the nine that it is the difference this time around yeah as annoying as that narrative was of you know the team wins Kyrie doesn't score but the team wins with them out there they didn't just make it up out of nowhere. Like it did. He was making players better around him there for a while, but it thing something has something has changed this year, and he's not doing what he used to do. But Mike, I agree with what you're saying in a lot of ways. But also, I think opposing defenses have figured out that Kyrie's not going to hurt them, and they've been able to focus more on Shallowy and Russell as a result. I think that's changed too. No, uh, no argument there. I mean, I mean the the proof is in the over 1200 minutes he's played with one assist that teams don't think Shelton's going to hurt them yeah teams are going to let Shelton try to basically try to cut off uh Shallowy and Russell and make either make them beat them on their own or make Shelton beat them and tonight Russell stepped up again as he's done pretty much most of the season basically. yeah speaking of uh making Johnny beat you on his own uh he did that tonight that was a little fortuitous, though. Let's let's admit. A little lucky, a little lucky, but little the goal, nope. their their goal was unlucky for it. So <laughs> evens out, even Steven. Yeah, I mean, large parts of this game are putting yourselves in a position to get lucky, right? Being in the right spot, sure, making the right runs. Oh, and yeah. that's John. That's central to Johnny's game. Just crashing into the box and making something happen. So yeah, no, you can't you can't take away all just because of luck on those. Yeah, he put him on skates, and and frankly, Dane St. Clair stood on its head, and kudos to him. He's a stud, uh, but they were lucky that we didn't put an extra one. You know, uh, you know, if if goalies were trees like Cody thinks they were, we probably would have scored three goals. Stood on his head. What what are we? What are? Give me a, a, some examples of when he stood on his head tonight. The uh, Joni save in the second half. Um, 
Yeah, the, that's the uh, one. Set, when, the, he, when, he, when he when he came off his line to stop Duke on the other chance that Duke had in the first half, the two shots that Shallow he had in the first half that he made decent saves on. I'll give um, I'll give decent decent at best. The one with the uh, the one on Janice's was the best one, and and Caden Pierre let a left a goal on the on the pitch by just standing there and watching it instead of gathering up the rebound, which again the keeper gave up. So I'm not going to give him that much credit. It should have been a goal anyway. I, I was shouting, and my oldest son who was watching the game with me will, will admit to it, I was shouting follow yeah. as soon as he took that shot because I knew St. Clair wasn't going to hold it just because of how the shot was. And it, it was Pierre, and I shallow. don't know who it was on the right side. It, it might have been shallow. They stood there and watched for that that half second. I'm not saying they get to it before St. Clair because – Still had a chance later in the second, second half that uh, that Shallowy did crash on, and mm-hmm. St. Clair still was able to get to it first. But you have to at least put the goalie under pressure in that situation. You have to at least, as soon as you see that shot, you're crashing into the box. Yeah, everybody just turned and looked at Janice's bullet at goal. And yeah, if, the, if P- Pierre makes a break a half second sooner, he absolutely taps that ball in. So yeah, I don't. I'm not stand on his head. That's that's my qualm with keepers here. He had a fine game, okay. I'm not gonna say like I stood on his head. We said that the last the same keeper. What was it? Uh, the Open Cup game. We were we, everyone was saying he was standing on his head. Oh, such a great young keeper. And I'm just standing up here like whatever. We kicked the ball right at him. Well, if, if you want to say a goalie stand, stood on his head tonight, let's talk about Pulse Camp's two big hey. saves, like within like a minute of each other in the second half. Yes. Now, I, I'm not taking anything away from St. Clair. St. Clair had a very good game, but those two saves from Poles camp were huge tonight. I allege that I give credit when credit is due for keepers and that, yeah, the, the second save was better there for, uh, was on, um, on Poles camp off the, the, off the corner. Yeah. Quick reaction. Just got it over the bar. I like that. And David, don't shake your head at me. I give credit where credit's due. You are a notorious keeper hater. <laughs> I, but see, that that's my if for for those who don't know, that's my qualm here. I'm not a keeper hater. I hate the the extra credit that keepers get. I hate the way referees baby them. I hate the way they get to just yell and scream at the defense. And and yeah, we give the the make yourself big. We shoot a ball right at them, and we say that made themselves big. Like I'm so t- it's it's just that's what I have a, that's what I have issues with. I love a good save. Tim Milia has blown my mind a few times, but but no, that's so my issue is with the way we treat uh, keepers. So so as a former keeper, I will take exception to that because <laughs> that's why I was like, okay, let's dive in tonight. Part, part 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 of making yourself big is being a good keeper. It's knowing when to come out, when to stay home, when to extend your arms, and when when to go down to the ground to dive at a, an attacker's feet i will fight tooth and nail for the goalkeepers so every single time so okay you're, you're that's exactly correct you do have to know that but don't you um i mean doesn't a high school keeper isn't that just like fundamentals isn't a high school keeper know when when they need to come out when they need to stay in that's it's it seems like it simple. seems basic to me well, like you're Cody. Cody, you're you're taught that yes, but it comes with instinct. It comes with playing time. And high school soccer versus professional soccer is a completely different situation. And complete the speed of play from like e- even from high school to college is 
immensely different. And I went from, I played division three and the, the level, the speed of play from high school to division three, where you, where you're not getting a scholarship, you're just there because you're, right. you're, you're good enough to be there basically. And the speed of play, the style of play, just so much quicker than high school ball in any high school game, even again, even when I played against division one kids in high school, it was a completely different situation. Um, so I can't imagine the, the step from college to the professional level, the, the change there. That's all, that's all true. But I'm telling you the idea of make yourself big. If I'm not giving somebody credit for sticking their arms and legs out to the side, you'll, I swear to God, I will never give a keeper, a professional athlete credit for putting his arms and legs out to the side to block a shot. Come on people. What are we doing here? Nothing, nothing makes me happier than watching Cody double down. <laughs> Just get that shuffle out, buddy. Keep digging. I think Tim Millia and John Pulskamp ought to bring Cody in for goalkeeping camp and uh, give him some lessons. Whoever does of, that, I want that recorded and watch. And be part of Polito's rehab as he can just howitzer shots at Cody. <laughs> right. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, All right. Um, hey, guys, we haven't mentioned this yet. Uh, five homegrown starting this match, uh, according to the broadcast, first time in sporting history that's happened. Um, you know. I want to talk Caden Pierre because, you know, you might, Mike, might like Logan and Denbe and he's shown well, but I am more impressed with Caden Pierre. And at this oh, point, yeah. anyway, I think he has a higher ceiling than Ndenbe does. I think Ndenbe is going to be much improved next season, but Pierre is, has been impressive. Um, that's, that, that's a hot take. Caden Pierre with a higher ceiling than Logan and Denbe, Robert says. I don't know about that, but uh, I do like, yes, Caden Pierre has been playing well. I don't know that I've necessarily on that on that hype train, but he's yeah he's locked down that spot. Was it three matches in a row for him? You include Open Cup, maybe. Uh, well, I think I that would that'll make four. He's appeared in four matches in a row. I think oh, okay, that makes that. Is that right, Mike? Let's check Mike on that one. Sorry, I was trying <laughs> to look up the fact that. So I'm pretty sure you you had. It, I'm pretty sure the stat was the first time they've had five in league play. According to the broadcast, yeah, right. So, well, they said five in all. The tweet from Sporting oh, said okay. five in league play. That makes and more I was, sense. Yeah. I was quickly trying to find the all competitions because I'm pretty sure there was a U.S. Open Cup game somewhere in there. But I think so. Obviously, I'm a little pressed for time in in a in a recording to find it, so I don't have that. I have the Excel list from, with all the seasons up there, but I don't have, I can't scroll through it fast enough to find the one with five, but I believe it first time in league play that they've started five. And of the, of the five fines. I'm interrupting you to tell you, you're up to three fines tonight for this phone that's vibrating and the microphone, you have something vibrating. I most certainly do not. Absolutely. I saw it. The, the, the zoom, the, the zoom outed you on that one. I appealing this fine. 
Okay, we'll, put that, we'll put that to Thad. There's I'm gonna call. Yeah, I'm gonna call your boss. With that later. Okay, I'll let you. Know. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Cody, uh, I was gonna ask Mike, uh, because I know he would know the answer, but I know you won't know the answer. So, of our five homegrown players who started tonight, <laughs> how many of them are from Kansas City? Uh, how many from? Okay, so we got. By the way, while he's thinking, the record is seven started the league's cup last year against uh, Leon. <laughs> did that yeah, did that no. game actually happen? I feel like that was in the multiverse. <laughs> you, 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 in that game, you had Pulse Camp, Lindsay, Rod, uh, Cisneros, Barber, it? Harris, and Shallowy all started that game with Pierre and Duke coming in off the bench. So David? seven starters and then two more off the bench in that game. So, David, can I answer if Cody doesn't? Yes, but uh, this is good radio to hear Cody struggle for the next couple of minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, five, there were five homegrowns for Kansas City in this game. How many from Kansas? How many actually are from Kansas City? Two. Eh. One. Damn it. See, I knew uh, the only, Cam I Duke, only, correct? I could only think of one is in Cam Duke, but I was like, yeah, Cam Duke. I was like, is he trying to burn me? Like, it can't just be one. Like, can't. Cam Duke is the only Kansas City. Uh, Pulse Camp's from California. Pierre's from Michigan. Uh, Hernandez is from the Nashville area. Shallowy's from Hungary. And then you have Duke from Kansas City. I was, Caden Pierre which, was the one I was doubting. Which, in the end, speaks to what they mentioned on the broadcast and what Vermes has complained about for years about the right. homegrown territories and the problems they could cause or the the issues it causes for a team like kansas city now at the same time we've released tyler freeman wilson harris etc 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 who have all who are all performing at certain levels at this point um but uh yeah you have uh just one kansas city homegrown player um actually on the team period i'm yeah. pretty sure Right I'm, a, I'm a fan of Rod's from North Carolina. Davis is from Michigan. And am I missing any homegrown players? Man, there is there any more than that? We've listed off. No, well, I Courtney think that's Ford a, is not homegrown, but he's no, a Kansas City. Courtney Cityan. Ford's not home, but he's a Kansas Cityan. So, but he doesn't count in that category. So, yeah, sure. Duke is the only. I'm pretty sure Duke is the only actual Kansas City homegrown player. All the other ones are outsiders coming in. I'm here for this game of where we ask Cody questions that he should probably know the answer <laughs> to, but he doesn't. <laughs> I like that game. I'm down for that. Uh, all right. So what else are we missing? Oh, I wanted to mention, uh, I didn't get get this in on the Johnny Russell goal. Low key. One of my favorite moments from Johnny Russell this season happened in this game. And I know he's had all of these highlight reels and legendary wink, legendary wink, wink moments. Uh, but no, there was one on this in this game. He had already scored the goal. He was so he was feeling it, and he sends in like a long curling cross from like almost midfield, and it gets you know the ball gets headed back out, and all of a sudden he is in the frame again and has followed up this pass and gotten in front of a defender to head the ball to keep possession, and it was just a very desperate play. It kept the ball in the final third for the team, and. It was it was a kind of a small thing that happened, but it even sparked Taylor Twelman into saying, uh, you know, I, it, it's clear Sporting Kansas City just want this one more. 
And I, that's just Johnny Russell. I had, had to give Johnny Russell another shout out. I know we do that a lot. I know I'm like a fanboy of Johnny Russell, but man, that that's just what you want to see from a captain in such a dark, disappointing season that we've had. It's the red oh. hair. You're, you're siding with the redhead. <laughs> I, well, I mean, that, that's what when Russell Johnny calls. <laughs> that, that, He's blonde. That, that's Russell all season, though. I mean, well, honestly, that's Russell, period. Russell will just, Russell will fight you, basically. I mean, the, the greatest image I have in my head, uh, I think, of Johnny Russell, period, is the Vancouver game, where they ended up with two red cards. And they're showing the replay of what happened. And you see uh, Russell come into frame. And I can't remember who it is for Vancouver. One of the guys that got a red card. And he, he's done something. And Russell just comes up, faces like pissed to like, looks like he's going to fight a guy. And you just see the guy, the guy for Vancouver, just like start backing off slowly trying to find Kendall Waston as soon as he can to get between the two of them. Oh, Johnny has a legendary snarl. There's a look, he gets a look in his eye when he is mad of just a fiery passion that you forget who he is for a moment, or he forgot who he was for a moment, I think. No, I don't believe in jinxing, so don't call me out here, but I I pray that Johnny Russell gets a Open Cup championship this season, so he leaves Kansas City eventually with at least one championship oh uh, yeah should we just talk about that briefly before we get out of here how's everybody feeling about uh the trip to uh, an upcoming trip to sacramento fc i looked at by the way just this isn't going to be any soccer at all but i looked at flights because i have a buddy out there it would have been like like 1300 dollars to go watch this game it's just ridiculous just ridiculous anyway mike will you talk about so, soccer now? It, so first we have two more games in between right. we have salt lake this weekend and then we have uh we an actual rivalry game in salt lake this weekend and then we have uh lafc at home but at this point with it being the semifinal and the chance to win a cup i mean at, at this point you go you go all in on the open cup i mean oh, of course Ver, vermes won't say it officially but you go all in at this point. You you put out your best lineup. You rest guys at home against LAFC and Austin, uh, on, which are the two games that bookend the trip to Sacramento. You you rest a couple guys in those games so that they're able to go in in Sacramento to get us to the Cup final, and then you hope that New York beats Orlando and that we get the host. Sounds like a plan. Oh, should we give a shout out? Uh, we're to give a shout out to Farmhand, I believe, who had the comment on that last game thread. Laid out the rest of the season schedule for us. Got <laughs> all the wins, all the draws, all the losses, and it's just a we're, we're, we can cakewalk into the playoffs. So shout out to Farmhand. For that made <laughs> well, me feel way better the, about this. The the thing I saw tonight, we oh, have are we already behind. I bet he had a win in Minnesota, didn't he? We're already falling behind them. Uh, Gotcha. Well, no. So, so here's the thing, and I've got to find it real quick. So give me two seconds. So of our eight remaining home games, seven are against the Western conference. So okay. seven are against teams that we are fighting for, for position. So that's 21 available points against our conference that we could win. So I'm not saying we're going to make the playoffs, but with that level of points available there 
is the ability to make up ground on the teams that are directly above us. Farmhand, we're going to update. Mike, have you forgotten we've lost our last three home games? No, I have not. <laughs> we also had been – we also crap, had <laughs> one win on the road before we picked up four right. in our – well, and, and that's actually something we hadn't talked about that I thought about. This three-game road trip, we have picked up four of six now. At, at just from that point with the way the season's gone, that's a very successful road trip for this team. Even if we lose in Salt Lake this weekend, four of nine, it, if you'd have told me heading into the heading into the Montreal, Minnesota, Salt Lake road trip, the way the season has gone, that we'd take four of nine, I would be ecstatic. If we can get anything in Salt Lake, that is a bonus at this point for th- the way this season has gone doing well yeah that's a bonus it's a it's a positive you got to be happy about it but still we're falling behind the gospel no, his farm hands I, out I, no i want more I, I want more this weekend but the way you nobody can tell me that last week this time last week on wednesday heading into this weekend again heading into the weekend against montreal hey coming out of the coming out of the minnesota game on wednesday we're going to have four points from these two games I would have called bullshit and told you you were full of shit. <laughs> Two shits. So speak, <laughs> speaking of being full of shit, Cody, I have questions for you. Um, I thought this was going to be for the next one. <laughs> now, you you are a noted lover of Andre Ufantis and also Paella. And <laughs> do after after watching the last few games, you know, we haven't potted in a while. Are you still all on the Fontes as our best defender train? Well, I'm just going to go back to, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm digging my toes in. Yes, Fonte is our best. But still, I'm going to go back to the issue of, like I was saying, they. I think we have four center backs that all look good just until they don't. I don't. If you want to show me the number of these individual mistakes, like tally them up for each one, then then yeah, maybe I'll change my opinion. But yeah, I still... Izzy looked very good. Izzy gave me that calming feeling in this match several times. But uh, the pedigree, what, what, Barcelona B pedigree, digging my toes in, double down. Well, Fonte played for the the big team. He played in the Champions League for Barcelona. He wasn't a B teamer. Yeah, I was on the pedigree though. Yeah, yes, he, but he Barcelona, yes. But so you're just doubling down. Double down. Okay. So where does he fall in the? in the Catalan cafe is he stained glass statue or is he getting the commemorative plaque oh well don't don't sully the good name of our of stained glass so far he's does he doesn't have stained glass at 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 the the uh the Catalan cafe but he is he's he's etching his name in there he's he can work there when he retires how about that (laughs) he can be he can be a, a a a what am I trying to? An ambassador. There you go. An ambassador to Kansas City for us. Do you put maybe him above? Maybe a glass, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he get? A, he gets a special on the menu. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But does is he uh, held in higher regard than Jordi Cantilla? Ooh, that's close. He see he doesn't have the legendary moment. Jordi's got Jake. I go. He's got Jake. I go. He's got the legendary moment. So Jordi still might be might be up on that echelon in the Catalan Cafe. I don't know. But Fonte's so, got time. He's got some time. We're, we're about to, we could he, win a he, cup he, here. He's soon. got less than half a season. 
to do yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, I would not final be, and a final coming up. I would not be bringing him back at this point. I'd be surprised if he came back. You, yeah. you have you have a guy. We gave him a four and a half year contract, million dollars a year. Forced the trade of Ike Opara, and we've gotten what? As I as I put on Twitter, we have what 30 35 good games in those at this point four years of him being on the team okay there were injuries there that's a problem that's a problem if you're paying a guy a million dollars a year well Polito. well i'm still i I won't argue Polito either i I won't argue on how i'm not judging how the signing work i'm responding to be fair Polito did not have the injury history when he came here yeah that that he did not have the injury history when he came here. He was one of the few that didn't that Burmese brought in. But w- w- you, the injury history for Fontas in his time in Kansas City has to be factored into his to to where he stands in, in as a center back. And he's just he's not been worth what Kansas City spent on him. And they gave him such a huge contract. That's fair. I'm actually not even going to push back on any of that. But I'm still. On on who the best the best center back is, I I, he, he I won't still might be I want Ford back in there. Honestly, I yeah. like Ford a lot. Yeah, and hot hand. I'm and I'm willing to deal with the growing pains of Volader getting time. I am at this point in the season with with where Kansas City is, we may make the playoffs if we're lucky. Very likely we're not. So what you do? You get the kids' time. You get Volader time. You get Joni's time. You you continue to get Duke and Ndembe and Pierre time. You get Pulse Camp more time. You you get the kids' time, and you see where players are because you have big decisions to make this offseason. You have Zuzi, who, ha- who has an option. You have Espinoza, who's out of contract. You have Melia, who's out of contract. You have Fontas, who's out of contract. You have big choices with lots of cap space to make this offseason. And you have to see if some of these kids make those contracts not needed. You have to get the kids time at this point. Yeah, you started well, that with Volader and he's been he's embodied that idea of they're good until they're not. And I I am with you on the on he's the also 20. Thing. Yeah. He's 20 yeah. years old. He's He's going to make mistakes. You, look, but his mistakes end up as goals. Like they're straight up. Because he's a center time. back. Yeah. Because he's a center back. His mistakes are. Look, go look at the Philadelphia Union. The few years before they won the Shield. And how many mistakes and bad defending and bad midfield play they got from their young homegrown players. And then look at how it all came together for them and winning the Shield. Yeah, you I, have I, to deal with the growing pains to reap the success of those players. Yeah, absolutely. And I only push back on the when his mistake when he does make a mistake, it's a goal. And I think that's the reason we've seen Felipe and Duke and you know more player more young guys at the front end of the pitch instead of you know giving him too much time to concede too many goals back there when he makes a mistake. But but when Izzy makes a mistake, he's not marking a guy at the back post and jumping, and that's a goal. And when Fontes makes a mistake, he's giving up goals too. Yeah. Fontes hoofed a ball off of Pools Camp today for an own goal. I mean, like – They're good until paid, they're not. 
we paid a transfer fee for Volater. We paid a transfer fee. He's a U22 player. If he was just like a cheap flyer from like the Estonian league, it would be one thing, but he's a German youth international and we paid a transfer fee for him. Like he and your boy, Mr. Cavs, Logan and Denbay are supposed to be the future of this team. Right. So why not play when Ford's healthy, a back line of Ford, Volater, Pierre and Denbay and pools camp. That's, hypothetically the future that's two homegrowns two u22s and courtney ford who was a homegrown for another team i think they're just trying to find and right Ford was in the kc academy before he moved to colorado i i think they're i mean we, we've seen we saw a lot of volatile this year and i think they're just trying to find the right balance of of playing some of these young guys and also like not giving up on the season and with an right. eye on like sneaking into the playoffs and yeah i mean i don't i'm not even disagreeing with what you're saying there i I do. I think they're just currently trying to find that right balance. They're just, they don't want to concede entirely on this season. And and that's, that's a fair point that Vermes is never one that's going to on the season. We all know that I until mean, math we, says he has to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and even when math says it, he has to, I mean, look at uh, 2019, it took until the last game of the season for uh, like Eric Dick to, got a game, got a game at the very end of the season. Um, I think that was Jalen Lindsay's first game back. It wasn't, I think that was done under the guise of like, you know, we still were, our fans come here to pay and watch like a good product. And I think, I think Hernandez got his first start that game. I mean, that he, he waited until the very death to do it in 2019. So Mm -hmm. the fact that we're doing it now on one, I think it speaks to the talent level compared to 2019 that we have in the youth that's on the team. And two, I think in part, it does tell us that Vermes kind of sees the writing on the wall, that it's a very uphill climb to make the playoffs this year. I'm all in on the Fontas thing. He still has good qualities, obviously, but uh, you know he's not a useful piece after this season. But I think Izzy, to come to his aid, has been called out a little too harshly. I think a lot of people are looking at the little mistakes not looking at so many things he does so well. Um, I'd like to see uh, Volader, Volder, however we say the name. That's fine. Find me if you want. Um, get more time, sure. But uh, yeah, Cody, you're right. Vermees is not going to give up on the season, and I think Izzy deserves to be in there. I don't know if an Izzy and a Ford uh, connection can work together back there in the center backs, but uh, well, it'd be interesting to see. The, the question for EC is, how much is it him and how much is it him covering for other people, trying right. to cover for other people? I mean, we saw that with uh, the best example I can think of, and I'm going to go back a little bit here, is Colin when we had uh, Juliao at, at, uh, at right back next to him. Based, and how much Colin got pulled out wide because Juliao got beat every single time. And it, it's the same thing. You, you can question how much is it on EC and how much it is, is it EC trying to cover for somebody else that's out of position? Right. That's why we need to have Pierre or Zuzi or whoever, <laughs> which happens. We need to have Mike on here more often. Cause we get, we get things like a Juliao reference. Like, Oh my God, that is a name I haven't thought of in so long ago. Just a flash in the pan, Juliao. Oh, uh, Cody, where, where was he from? Brazil. That was, he, he's, that was the, uh, remember they announced like the connection with that, the Brazilian team uh, that never, yeah, Fluminense that never, that never 
literally nothing happened after that ever. It, it, it amounted to Juliao coming here twice, and I believe Madronda trained with them. Yeah, a training session, yeah. <laughs> and that, that was about it of the it, – it did produce more than the Atlas partnership, though. <laughs> if you remember the Atlas partnership. Where is what? Where is that team located? I don't even know. Atlas. Atlas. They're in Guadalajara. Oh. They, they played. Act like I should know these teams from Guadalajara. Get yes. out of here. Yes. Guadalajara. Yeah, they, we, we, we played. Yeah. We played them in a yeah. friend. We played them in a friendly in uh, at Cab years ago. Nelson Pizarro with the winner in second half stoppage time. Okay. Cab, you forget the cab that? days. The Cab days were when I was in Springfield. I was in college. I don't remember a lot from those days. No, that basically to fill you in, Cody, it was basically a similar thing. It was a partnership, the same, sort of the same way that Fluminense was, but it never produced anything. I think we trained there preseason once, maybe twice. There were rumors of a player moving to Kansas City at one time, and that was honestly about it. I've got to ask, though, is it actually a friendly thing to do to invite a team to play at the cab? Is that a friendly thing? I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, on that note, I'm going to make myself big and say, go sporting! <laughs> Lame. Woo! Anything to shake this one